Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Have you ever just skimmed over the pages when reading God's Word? And when you did, you may have missed valuable connective meaning about God and yourself, thus missing opportunities to renew your mind. Have you found when reading the Bible, one word caught your attention, and when it did, your focus changed, and so did God's message? Today, our passage has 101 words, but we'll only focus on five. I pray these five words give you a fresh perspective on what God commands and expects His disciples to do. When we dive in, I pray God the Holy Spirit illuminates your mind, creates a deeper understanding of God's truths, and God's living word comes alive in us today. You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled, The Armor of God Continued. It's spiritual warfare, and you gotta be fighting. Look around you. What do you see? You see it, don't you? That sin is abounding and taking over hearts, minds, and lives everywhere? Spiritual warfare is designed to keep you in captivity. It's using spiritual darkness to blind your mind from seeing, understanding, and living out God's Word. Let me say that again. Spiritual warfare is designed to keep you in captivity. It's using spiritual darkness to blind your mind from seeing, understanding, and living out God's Word. Here's some truth I'm opening up with today. I heard many say, it's hard to read God's Word. God's Word is only hard to read because the enemy is on the beach right behind you. Please understand, it's the exception that's attacking you, and it's attacking your mind to make you think that God, who knows all things and surely knows your mental capabilities, would make his word so complicated that the average human being could not understand it. That's a lie. Well, if that's a lie, then what's the truth? The truth is, God desires for all of humanity to read his word, to know and understand his heart, and love for you, and for you to understand why you do some of the things you do. Now, I know what they are for me. You will have to look in a mirror for yourself. I can't speak for you. I can only speak for myself. And I know when I read God's word, it points some things at me that is really down to the core of my existence. But when you read, study, and meditate on God's Word, your mind is being transformed and renewed. I wanted to say renewed, but it's really both. Transformed and renewed from a worldview to a biblical view. So what is a worldview compared to a biblical one? A worldview is seeing life through your favorite colored lenses. You see certain things some things specifically, others could be fuzzy, and a number of them you may not see at all, or you're just refusing to set your eyes on them. A biblical view is seeing all things in and through the Word of God. For example, a worldview concerning the formation of the heavens and an earth would be, by some, a theory. 
a biblical view would be God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. A worldview concerning conception. Well, it's only tissue. It's mine. And I can do with it as I please. Mind your own business. A biblical view of conception is God places a soul and spirit and it's infused into the embryo. It's a living creature. A worldview, a single person can be intimate with whomever they desire and it's okay because it's not hurting anyone. Leave them alone. A biblical view, intimacy is only in the sanctity of marriage for the procreation in the image of God. Worldview. Everyone has a right to choose their mate regardless of gender. So mind your own business. The biblical view, marriage is between one man and one woman. Worldview. God is who they make them out to be. And as long as it's all right with them, leave them alone. The biblical view. The only true God is God in the Bible who is the creator and sovereign over all. He's omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. So thus, with a worldview, you see people, places, and things. With a biblical view, your focus is on Jesus. May I ask, what view do you possess? Please understand, with a biblical view, God the Holy Spirit brings the truth and work of God alive in you. You realize your life has more meaning and significance to the work and will of God for his kingdom plan of redemption. And as you grow and learn of the absolute truths of God, you discover God's love. You see and learn of his ways and begin to understand his will for your life. Then, out of love, you begin to love and demonstrate gratitude to God for what he has done, is doing, and will be doing in and for you. Your life is now changing as this new birth produces a disciple that desires to honor and serve God alone. And the next thing you know, God's words begin to come alive in you. They went from the page to your heart, then into your mind, and now coming out of your mouth. It's utterly amazing. When you become God's living testimony in a world full of darkness, and evil, God makes you a light in a dark and desperately sick world. Now, let's dive into, now I'm sure you hear that. I think any of you who have a dog, that's what you'll hear in the background, but disregard him. Maybe he's coming alive himself. They went from the page to your heart, then into your mind, and now coming out of your mouth. It's utterly amazing when you become God's living testimony in a world full of darkness and evil. God makes you a light in a dark and desperately sick world. Now, 
We're going to dive back into this wonderful and powerful passage in God's Word so we can refresh our hearts and minds and be encouraged to walk the way Jesus did. Amen? Remember, we were in Ephesians 6, 13-17. So here it is again. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. Uh, sorry about that. I won't let that do it again. I tell you, everything's trying to get in the way of what I'm trying to do today. But I'm going to keep pressing on. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with you in which, excuse me, in which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Well, you kind of feel like just trying to get me off track there right before I was getting ready to dive into God's word. You see what I mean? Now, there are key words all throughout God's passage and all of God's word for that matter. And that's why God commands his disciples to live on every word. Believe me, and not just sentences, paragraphs, chapters, and books. It's every word that God has purposely impacted our life and the lives of his chosen race, his royal priesthood, his holy nation, the people of his possession. So here are the five words in our mass today. They are full armor, resist, done everything. Let me say them again. Full armor, resist, done everything. Those words are key fragments linked to your usage and functionality with God's armor. Well, let's take the first word, full, because the armor itself is coming in the next podcast, and I sure hope, based on what God places on my heart, that you're going to be ready because maybe today, this day, really encourages you to really strongly consider what you need, and it is God's full armor. So full means all of it. When God says full, he means full. You don't get to pick and choose what you will or will not take up or put on. I see many who think they only need to the sword. So they draw it. And yes, you can advance offensively. No question about it because the power of the word of God. God says in Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. Well, if God's name is that powerful, then how much more powerful and transforming are his words? Do you really know? Are you interested in finding out? Have you been transformed by the power of God's word? Do you recognize how much protection you could have from the full armor of God? Do you feel exposed, weak, and defeated? We must be extremely careful not to think we can accomplish anything without God's strength and full armor. 
especially when fighting against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenlies. You heard about them in the passage right before 13 through 17, 10 through 12. Go back and read it. It's true. And just want to inform you, the spiritual forces of wickedness operate in both the physical and the spiritual realms. When God commands his disciples to put on the full armor, first, as a disciple, we must be obedient to what God commands. I mean, after all, doesn't he have our best interest for us? Doesn't he want us to live forever? Doesn't he want us to grow? Then he's going to give us something to help us in this world. I mean, you see evil all around you. You may not want to engage in it, but it's going to engage in you. It's going to engage against you. And God wants us to experience spiritual victories. I mean, Jesus is the king of spiritual victories. He's the one who has overcome. We can only overcome in him. It's only through our victories can we endure until we arrive at the narrow gate. Can I get an amen for overcoming evil? Can I get an amen for not being beaten down spiritually every day? Can somebody tell me that they have an amen for me today? Only with God's full armor can we, as Jesus' disciples, be capable of successfully fighting, defending, and prevailing from the attacks of the evil one. It's not your imagination. You are under attack. But I'm going to send one up to you in a bubble. Adversaries fight. Allies don't. Where are your fins? Now, if you left any of God's armor on the beach, you might want to head back and get it because the enemy is prowling around. Believe that. The second word of focus is resist. This is a key word to the inner workings of our spirituality. To resist means to oppose, not give in and refuse, just to name a few. But here's a question. Why would God want us to resist? Short answer, because God knows what happens when we surrender to our flesh and sin. Let me amplify it a bit. God knows our flesh is weak and he has, it has, excuse me, evil desires. The truth, you do too if you're willing to admit it, and you must use God's word as your filter. Another thing, and anything you use other than that, and deception could easily creep in. You could or may ignore or deny your sinfulness. Believe me, you don't have to confess to me, although confessing to one another does bring healing. God's word says that as well. But believe me, God knows your sinfulness. And when we live and when you live in the flesh, you surrender to the evil that resides in it. Now, I know there may be some that may say, I'm not evil. 
Well, that's when the attack is on. And believe me, when your flesh is in control, it's on and it is far from calm. The evil one attacks is not always aggressive. It could be subtle and appear to be harmless. Yet subtle attacks are intended for you to sin against yourself and God. The evil one tries to entice your flesh. Let me give you an example. You're single and you have been celibate, abstaining from intimate relationships because you know what God says about intimate relationships outside the sanctity of marriage. So you resist the temptations. Praise God, armor working. You know excessive consumption of drugs and alcohol has caused problems in your marriage, in yourself, and family relations and other relationships you have. So you resist the lure and temptation, armor working. The evil one is aware of your weaknesses and vulnerabilities. You can believe that and will use those to attack. So you must resist the subtle touch, the comment, the glance, the parties or bars and put on the full armor of God so you can resist and not fall into the clutches of sin. It is only designed to drag you deeply down. You want to rise up and be in the presence of God. That's why you need to resist the attacks by the evil one, because in our flesh we are capable of anything. This is what God says, and as his disciples, we must look up and take notice. Listen to Hebrews 12, 4, which says, You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. Let me say that again, Hebrews 12, 4. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. I heard a pastor say, we will either say, Amen, or, Ouch. Well, I don't know about you, but it's ouch for me. Can I get an amen on the sharpness of the sword of the spirit as it penetrates deeply into my soul? That's why we can only trust in the only true God because he knows what's best for his disciples. Therefore, resist evil and sin is a must do as a disciple of Jesus. So put this promise of God in your pouch. It's James 4, 7. Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So resist and he flees. Hmm. Then it's got to be give in and he stays. Hmm. Resist, flees, give in, stays. So resist it is. And finally is done everything. Well, have you? But many may ask, what's everything? See, that's what skimming over a meaningful word is. The word before everything is done. Done means to make sure of, work out, and act upon. Again, to only name a few. Therefore, if you're trying to fight in this spiritual warfare without God's full armor, you're headed for, or you may already be being deceived, bound by sin, living in captivity, and the enemy's doing everything to keep you there. Do you want to be free from the clutches of sin and death? I would pray you would. I pray the Spirit of God has brought forth conviction in your heart today. 
And now you are beginning to realize you have been doing nothing. But now you are desiring to live this new life God promises to give. And I pray you will begin to see and learn what God expects to be done in and through your life as one of his disciples. And maybe today, God will make his armor available to you and give you the ability to take up the full armor of God. Please know, once you put on God's armor, you have it forever. And once on, the Spirit of God begins to equip you and you begin to take the first steps in God's calling on your life. So you can see those five words are just as important to your spirituality as the whole sentence, paragraph, chapter, and book. Amen? So as we head back up, you can believe and have confidence when you say in your heart to God, I had no idea about done everything. Because God already knows. You will be confessing and pray that he gives forgiveness. You are taking the steps toward him. There are many who are deceived to believe they set salvation and sanctification in motion and therefore they don't have to do anything. But yet, are not growing as a disciple, nor are they making disciples. Are you making disciples? You need to acknowledge and affirm there is spiritual warfare, and it's all around you and in you as well. If you're not letting your flesh control your life, believe me, we are all need the full armor of God, and mostly and most importantly, too, I would have to say, we need God the Holy Spirit to dwell in and work in us because it's the only way to experience and live a victorious life. I pray you hear the urgency and ask God to give you his full armor today because you can only be strong in the strength of his might. And as you grow in understanding, you will understand and acknowledge the weakness of your flesh. And without God's spirit working you, you could be an enemy of God destined for his eternal wrath. If you continue to lust for anything, then expect to be tempted. And without the full armor of God, then you will give in to temptation and sin will continue to beckon you time after time again. And it begins to have its hold on you. Please understand, a life that practices sin is opposed to God. It's only through the repentance of one's sinfulness and by the mercy and grace of God can one ever turn from their wicked ways. When one practices lawlessness in a life, will be deficient of God's Spirit's work. Therefore, it does raise the question of the surety of one's salvation when sin and the flesh are in control of you. As a disciple of Jesus, you should desire to see God's will being carried out in and through your life. God desires for his disciples to live in obedience to his commands. So, you must ask yourself, do I succumb to evil or do I resist? Does my life reflect the truth of God or the ways of the world? Do I have a worldview or a biblical one? Do I live as the light of Jesus in the world, or do I live under the rule and evil one in the spiritual darkness? 
Have you ever thanked Jesus for his life and the work he has done so you could be in the presence of God? So, do you have on the full armor of God? Do you resist and have done everything? Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, I have been so humble because I know where you brought me from in the domain of darkness. I know what consumed my life. I know how sin wreaked havoc in me. And based on your truth, I know there's others who are listening that may feel their life may not be as bad as mine. But yet compared to Jesus, we all are bad as mine. It may not be what kind of sin, it's just sin in itself and living in disobedience to your commands and disobedience to and not really feeling the fullness of the love you have for them. Thank you for how you loved me. I know I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in a son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, I ask that you touch someone today. You touch their heart today. You open their minds to receive your truth, the seed of the word, and therefore they can grow in who you are and desire to love and serve and don your armor. Thank you for listening. Thank you for responding. Thank you for this calling on my life. And thank you and are so grateful, so, so grateful for Jesus. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. When you tune in next time, we'll be in the full armor of God. Praise God. But I think it was important for us to understand what we need to be prepared for so we can understand the true significance of it. Amen. We'll break it down into three segments covering two at a time because it's so much we will need more than two tanks each. Believe that. Thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.